welcome to SI's Planet Football Podcast, where each week we discuss the latest in the world of soccer. I am SI.com soccer editor, Avi Creditor, joined today by SI senior writer, Grant Wall, SI.com's Brian Strauss, and Planet Football Podcast producer, and SI.com's Alex Abnos. Later on, we are going to be joined by U.S. men's national team midfielder, Jermaine Jones, and you might uh, have a guess what we're going to talk about, Copa America. It's here. It's happening. Finally. After all these months of, of waiting and, and hype and buzz and and just kind of building up to this tournament, it is finally here. The USA will open against Colombia on Friday night, and then we are off. Grant, you are out in California right now. How's uh, how's it looking out there? I'm in San Francisco right now. Spent some time uh, the last couple of days with uh, the U.S. national team as they're getting ready for this tournament, and there's some confidence. There's been some encouraging you know, results here, some reason for optimism heading into this tournament, uh, even though it wasn't that long ago in March that uh, the U.S. was losing to Guatemala uh, guys seem to be uh, looking forward to the opportunity of this tournament. Absolutely. Uh, some some good results in recent friendlies. Brian, uh, you will be out in Chicago for game two against Costa Rica. How uh, how are you feeling? Uh, Chicago seems far away from my couch, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, guys, what I want to do is go team by team uh, with the 16 teams in Copa America, obviously the 10 South American teams. And then the six from CONCACAF will, uh, within those 16, we'll go group by group. And I just want to get your thoughts on, on each of them, really. Um, I mean, this is a, a tournament that's, that's got a bunch of storylines, uh, a bunch of teams looking for glory. Uh, it's a top heavy tournament in a lot of ways. Um, but I'm curious on, on all of your thoughts on all of these teams. Uh, so we're going to start with group a Brian, let's start with the host nation, the USA. Um, like Grant said, there's some confidence. There's some encouragement. Uh, we've, you know, we've got some veterans on the back line. Michael Bradley is back to where he belongs. Uh, but this is another reboot. You know, I mean, we had the no land in reboot in 2014. We had the Michael Bradley as playmaker reboot. We've had multiple back four reboots. Um, so here we are sort of starting from scratch again, but you know, this start from scratch looks like it may be encouraging and this team needs to advance. No excuses. They're at home. When you're hosting a tournament, you got to get through the group, and then you see what happens. Absolutely. Um, let's go on down the line. Colombia, the USA's first opponent. Grant, what do you think? Well, the big question about Colombia is, is this going to be the quarterfinalist from the 2014 World Cup or the team that crashed and burned in the Copa America last year? James Rodriguez, tremendous World Cup, not so great over the last year and a half for Real Madrid and Colombia. So big questions there. I know the U.S. thinks that Colombia's recklessness, uh, which sometimes shows itself, might be something to take advantage of in the first game of this tournament and get the U.S. off to a good start. Um, the following opponent, Alex, Costa Rica. They were obviously the surprise package of, uh, of the 2014 World Cup, but they endured kind of a tough uh, 2015 after that. Um, they've been rounding back into form. Uh, all that said, the loss of Keylor Navas, their starting goalkeeper, Real Madrid's starting goalkeeper, is going to be absolutely huge. Um, but again, they do have talent up and down the field. Joel Campbell, uh, Brian Ruiz up top, uh, Bolaños and Borges in midfield, Duarte, Gamboa, Waston, and D. Uh, they have the talent to do it, but can they put all the pieces together and will they get the timely saves that Navas would have otherwise provided? Yeah, his loss, obviously, a, a huge deal for them coming off winning the, uh, the UEFA Champions League, of course. I'll take Paraguay. It's the USA's final group opponent. Um, you know, no matter what, I think they're going to keep it close in the eight games that they've played since the last Copa America. Um, they've drawn or it's been a one goal game. And, and that includes World Cup qualifying draws against Ecuador and Brazil in March. They played Mexico tight last week. They're not going to be awed by the setting. I don't think they're the biggest stars in this 
in this competition. Um, they also have the allegiance switch of Juan Manuel Iturbe, who uh, was known as the new Messi, and that never really panned out with Argentina. So I'm interested to see what he can do, even though he didn't do much with Bournemouth this season. Uh, I think they could easily be in every match in this in this group and still finish fourth, honestly. So that's Group A for you. Um, what we neglected to mention, and we did all do a good job of keeping this at 30 seconds or less for each team, uh, but but if we go over, we're going to have a little interlude from, from Pitbull. Yeah, the, the official voice of Copa America, whether you like it or not. And basically... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't not... I, I, I might just press that at 25 seconds for everybody because it's too fun. Abnus is just an unabashed Pitbull fan. <laughs> I can't handle the stress, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pitbull is actually the official voice of every major soccer tournament uh, over the last half a decade. Uh, all right, let's move on to Group B. Uh, we got a good piece on, on this team on Planet Football, actually written by James Young, who is in Brazil, uh, based down there. Uh, so, Brian, let's, let's take us through the five-time world champions. Uh, that seems like a million years ago, doesn't it? Uh, no Neymar, no Douglas Costa, no Ricardo Oliveira, no Rafinho, now no Kaká, who was out and in and out. Um, there are 14 players on this team with fewer than 10 caps. We're going to expect Hulk and Dunga to bring us the beautiful game. Um, you know, this is a team that, you know, roller derbied its way through Colombia and the World Cup and got beat 7-1. Um, this is just not the Brazil of old, and it's a shame. Um, you know, they'll still get through the group, but if you're the U.S. and, and you're uh, squared up against this Brazil in the quarterfinals, you may think you have a shot. Yeah, they definitely seem like they're primed for the picking, but of course, still a talented team. Uh, interested to see how they do. Grant, Ecuador. Ecuador is a team that could be a dark horse in this tournament. They're tied on points, a top World Cup qualifying in South America. Uh, and Enter Valencia obviously had a tremendous World Cup in 2014, and they're very good on the wings with Antonio Valencia and Jefferson Montero. So I think they're going to be a potential surprise package in this tournament, though they have some defensive issues and, and not a lot of depth there. Walter IOV, the captain, is probably about 85 years old by now. <laughs> it does seem like he's been around for a while. Um, I'll take Peru next. Uh, it's a team that intrigues me. They finished third in the last two Copa Americas, even the last time... The only wins came against Venezuela, Bolivia, and Paraguay. I mean, you know, you, you play the teams in front of you, but that's who it was. Uh, they have Paulo Guerrero up top, who, who will threaten any defense. And Peru has scored seven goals in its last two friendlies against CONCACAFOs, which are, you know, Trinidad, Tobago, and El Salvador. Uh, I like the way the group plays out for them. They start with Haiti and then get Ecuador. If they can get four points from those two games going into a final game against Brazil, I think they've got a shot to go through. I don't personally think they will, but I think they definitely can. Um, Alex, if you want to finish up this group with Haiti. Yeah, I mean, Haiti is obviously the minnow, not just of this group, but, you know, of the entire Copa America, I would say, uh, and most other people would too. What's interesting, what I found interesting about them is that really the only game that Haiti has won since September was the qualifi qualification game to get into this Copa America when they beat Trinidad and Tobago 1-0. Uh, all the others have been losses except for a nil-nil uh, draw with Panama. They'll be overmatched in a lot of these games, but honestly, just being here is going to be a huge uh, accomplishment uh, for them and for the nation of Haiti, to be honest. Absolutely. Uh, and if you haven't seen yet, Josie Altador and his foundation donating uh, so Haiti can have watch parties um, in, in a few places in the country. Obviously, that that country is still um, you know coming back from the earthquake and dealing with a lot of internal strife. I thought it was a, a phenomenal gesture by Josie Altador. He might not be able to make an impact on the field uh, this summer, but off of it, definitely doing that. So kudos to him. Uh, let's move on to Group C, where Mexico is leading the charge. Brian, why don't you take it away with El Tri? 
my my hunch is that they want this badly. I think Mexico's always kind of felt like CONCACAF weighs them down and they they look up to their big brothers in South America and want to be considered their equals. And this is a perfect chance to show, you know, Brazil and Argentina and Uruguay and the, and the powers that be down there that Mexico is at their level. Uh, I don't think they've lost since last June. Uh, they won their last seven straight games all by shutout. Uh, Chicharito's on fire. Uh, Guardado is world class. Um, this is a team that can win it all. And I think that of all the teams in the group, they're going to want it the most. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And and Alex, you actually ranked them number one in the power rankings entering uh, entering this competition. Why wouldn't I? They're in the best form. There you go. Uh, Grant, Uruguay, Luis Suarez in uh, in the balance here, waiting on this hamstring. Yeah, I feel like we've been here before with Suarez before a major tournament, wondering if he'll get healthy in time. Uh, the coach, Elsku Chabarez, says that he will miss the group stage and hopes that Suarez will be available for the knockout rounds. Obviously, if he is, it's a huge boost for them. But Uruguay is still a very good tournament team, even without Suarez. I think Cavani fits really well into uh, Tabarez's system. Uh, we have some of the same guys in the midfield, like Arevalo Rios and uh, and, and a really difficult player to play against, guys who have tournament experience. Uh, and guys like Fernando Muslera, who uh, in goal is you know has a lot of experience in how to get results in advance. Yeah, uh, and the the absence of Suarez is is just going to be the storyline that follows that team, um, you know, regardless of of whether they like it or not. Uh, Alex, take it away with Jamaica, the Reggae Boys. Yeah, uh, this is going to seem absolutely crazy, but I think they actually have a chance in this group, a chance to get into the knockout round. Uh, their entire backline is in good form. Andre Blake is playing really well for Philadelphia Union as their goalkeeper. Uh, they've got Wes Morgan back there, who is just coming off the fairy tale to end all fairy tales. So why not take part in another one? Um, and honestly, they have just enough attacking pop to where I think they could get a result. We had a, a tie or something against either Uruguay or Mexico, and I think they can definitely win against Venezuela. So uh, things could be going well for the Reggae Boys. Yeah, they were in Copa America last year, three 1-0 losses. Uh, they they showed that they could play well, and I think they kind of took that confidence with them into the Gold Cup, and it showed they made the final. Absolutely. Um, they've yeah. Been, yeah, they've had a great run of results over the last couple of years absolutely um I'll, I'll finish off group c with with venezuela i do not feel good about venezuela to put it lightly uh since the last copa america ended they have one win in 13 matches as in uh they haven't won in six games and last night we're taping this on thursday they clawed to a draw a late draw against the guatemala side in florida that is literally playing for nothing their, their world cup qualifying is pretty much done uh, and they're not part of this tournament solomon rondon is is a great player um you know nine goals with west brown this season but against Jamaica, Uruguay, and Mexico, if you set the over-under on Venezuela for me in, at points in the group stage at 0.5, I'm taking the under. Three losses. That's that's what I'm thinking. So, oof, oof. yeah, I, I'm i sorry. That's, that's just how I see it. <laughs> the Pitbull seal of approval. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's wrap up this rapid-fire look at the Copa America teams with Group D. Uh, Grant, why don't you start with Argentina? This team is stacked. They should be the favorites on paper to win this tournament. It's not just Lionel Messi. You've got Angel Di Maria and Sergio Aguero up front. Uh, I, I think the midfield is going to be interesting. Javier Mascherano had a terrific World Cup, a uh, great leader, a guy to rally around and, and get this team ready to play. I'm a little concerned about the back line, though. You know, you, you got Ramiro Funes Mori. Uh, and Nicolas Otamendi, who are going to be the starting center backs. And that's always been the Achilles heel. I think it could be continue to be the Achilles heel. And we'll have to see which Argentina team we get. Will this be the one to finally break the drought and win its first major title since 1993? 
yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while. It's been a while, and uh, and it's important for them to to lift the senior trophy and just get that monkey off the back uh, going forward. Brian, the defending Copa America champion, Chile. Got to feel bad for him. You know, they wait 99 years to win a title and uh, they get all of 12 months to celebrate it before they got to come back and defend it again. That's pretty harsh. Um, I think it's going to come down to whether their players really, really care about this and want to devote themselves to it. The Federation obviously does. They've, they've brought all their top players or no real glaring absences, you know, but if, uh, if Sanchez and Vidal and Vargas, I mean, great players, big stars, but you know, if they want to commit to this thing and defend it, uh, they've got a shot. Uh, if they feel like this is kind of redundant and unfair, uh, you know, we may not see that had them have that sort of same fire we saw them have last summer. Yeah, and that's too bad because at their best, they they can be one of the world's best. Um, Alex, Panama. Panama's an interesting team, and I think, weirdly, their chances hinge on the team that Brian was just talking about, Chile. I think if Chile decides that, you know, they don't want to put the kind of competitive fire into this game, Panama is exactly the kind of team that could take points off of them because they're just as dogged and just as determined uh, even if they may lack a lot of the skill players that Chile has. Um, they do have a solid defense. They compete really well, and they'll be uh, happy to play on such a big stage. Um, so they could play spoiler. I don't think they will. I think ultimately Chile and Argentina are the class of this group. It's one of those classic tough tournament teams. They might not win anything, but they're never going to be a, a pushover. Uh, speaking of pushovers, let's close out with Bolivia. Uh, look, you don't want to make a, a lot of grand conclusions from pre-tournament friendlies. Um, you know, that's that's a dangerous game to play. But did you see Bolivia against the U.S.? Did you? Because it was awful. Uh, you know, if they're not at altitude at home in La Paz, I just I just don't think they're good enough to win on, on level terms. You know, if they were playing in Denver, you know, maybe that play into their into their favor. Um, I just have a hard time seeing Bolivia giving Chile, Argentina, or even Panama uh, much of a hard time, really. I think that's, that's a, a three-team group and really a, a two-team group with with a potential spoiler in there. Um, Denver is Death Valley compared to La Paz. <laughs> I know. Right. It's the closest thing we got, you know? Uh, so that's that's that. 16 teams vying for Copa America glory starting on Friday. And one pit bull to unite them all. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we will turn our focus uh, square on Jurgen Klinsmann and the U.S. men's national team. Well, the NBA Finals are back, and it's a rematch for the ages. LeBron James and the Cavaliers, Steph Curry and the Warriors, they're looking to cap off that 73-win season. SI's Ben Golliver and Andrew Sharp will watch every single minute of this series and then record podcasts that are ready for your morning commute the morning after. For the NBA Finals, it's Open Floor, SI's NBA podcast. Find out on si.com slash podcast or your podcast app of choice, like iTunes, Stitcher, and now Google Play Music. Welcome back, gentlemen. I want to focus on the U.S. now. Uh, U.S. again plays Colombia, Costa Rica, Paraguay in Group A. Um, Grant, you are out there in, in Santa Clara. I guess what are, what are you seeing so far from this team um, heading into the opener and, and into this tournament as a whole? I think there's a quiet confidence right now around this team. Uh, Michael Bradley, the captain, spoke uh, to the media here uh, on Wednesday and, and just said, look, we're not going to put too much stock in these friendly wins against uh, Ecuador and Bolivia, and they shouldn't. But uh, at the same time, we've seen some, some positives, uh, especially from the guys who've come on in the second half uh, of these games, Christian Pulisic, Darlington Nagby, 
Um, you know, Bobby Wood is a guy who I think will start, but uh, has worked well at times too. And and I like the fact that Michael Bradley is now uh, playing a number six role, which is a role that suits his skills best. And now you see Jermaine Jones, who's going to talk about that in our interview coming up here. Uh, Jermaine Jones playing a little more advanced. And I think that should be good for the U.S. midfield. So there's quiet confidence, I guess, is the best way to put what I'm, what I'm seeing out here. Brian, we we looked at these these friendlies, and you wrote about this a lot um, on on Planet Football. Just kind of the options that Jurgen Klinsmann has now. Um, I guess what what do you see as as the best way forward uh, for him and and with this team and over the course of three games in this group? Well, I think he said a couple times that he expects to use different lineups, uh, different players. You know, I, he said something along the lines of you know that. The team that starts the tournament isn't the team that's going to finish the tournament, which is I don't, kind of foreboding, actually. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, look, if, if we've learned anything from this guy over five years, it's that he wants to tinker. He wants to have different options, different permutations, different formations. Um, he's not going to start the same lineup two games in a row. Uh, so, you know, we're going to maybe see Clint Dempsey used as a target one game and then maybe used as almost something resembling another 10 in another game. We're going to see Bobby Wood. Uh, play centrally we're going to see Bobby Wood line out line up out wide I think the big concern for the U.S. right now is that most of hit your attacking players Clint Dempsey Bobby Wood Giassi's artist Darlington Nagney are 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 more effective in a central role um, and so Jurgen's going to have to work that out you've got too many people sort of jostling for 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 space there um, he doesn't have you know, he can put Bobby Wood out wide. He can put Zardis out wide, but they're, 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 they're not guys who get to the end line and cross the ball. They're not possession players who, who, who link and, and build and combine. Um, so Jurgen's going to have to figure out how things fit best in terms of building the attack around Jermaine Jones and around Dempsey. And then the dominoes are sort of fall from there. But again, that's what he wants. He wants to have different options. He wants these guys comfortable in different systems. Um, and so we'll see if that pays off. One thing that I'm uh, interested to see, um, and it's a pattern that's developed over the years, right? The U.S. has a ton of these friendly wins, and a lot of those wins come late. And a lot of those wins, uh, you know, we can break it down and and attribute it to a bunch of different things. But at the end of the day, they have six substitutions. He uses all of them. The games devolve into whatever, you know, friendlies devolve into. And the U.S. nicks a result, and that's great, and it builds confidence. But, you know, is can he use his substitutions effectively? I mean, if Nagby and Pulisic come off the bench... Um, you know, which they did to great effect uh, the other night against Bolivia and, and even against Ecuador. Um, you know, will they be brought in at the right time? Will it be too late? It's, you know, it's it's so hard to judge a team's success based on friendlies as much as, as we want to. And I don't well, think any of us what, are. But, but but and what Grant said, Michael, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I, I hope Michael's able to impart that that sort of feeling to the rest of the team not to take those friendlies too seriously because it's been pre-tournament friendlies that I think have derailed this team over the past couple of years that game against Mexico and Arizona where Michael Bradley looked like looked like Ronaldinho for a half as a number 10 um I think uh did damage uh to, to the team at the World Cup uh last year uh, they beat uh, the Netherlands and Germany uh, heading into the Gold Cup and felt really good about themselves uh, and then got to the Gold Cup and looked like they were playing underwater um, so too much confidence can be a bad thing as well. And so I, I hope that the team embraces what Michael, uh, said to the press, um, and, and focuses on, you know, what they need to do. Um, and yes, too many games under, under Jurgen have been shaped, have been won, uh, in, in late, late in the game in the past, in the last half hour 
once you see wholesale changes made. Um, that's why I thought his decision uh, against Bolivia to start um, Yedlin and Johnson uh, in the second half only was really bizarre. Uh, why not start your your back four who've never played together before? This back four, the one we're all assuming is going to play, Yedlin, Johnson, Brooks, and Cameron, have never played together before. And instead of starting them from minute one against Bolivia when they're going against a fresh opponent and what you would think would be the opponent's best 11, he puts them in in the second half once the other team is a bit tired and once they're going to start changing things around too. So that was really odd for me. I'm sure there's a method to his madness. I don't know, know exactly what it is. Um, but it's something to keep an eye on. That this is a back four that now has about, you know, forty-five minutes of time together against a really bad opponent that was going through some changes and substitutions themselves. I will say this about the back line: I am very glad that Jeff Cameron is penciled in as a starting center back for this team. I think he should have been in this position a lot more often over the last couple of years, and I think that is a potential, finally, you know, central, you know, to have a central defense pairing of him and John Brooks and and see how they can work together and if they can be the anchor of the back line for years to come. I think that's a real possibility and a real upgrade potentially over what we saw last year at the Gold Cup with Brooks and Ventura Alvarado, who did not have a good tournament. I do think Brooks needs to start matching his club performances with his national team performances. So we'll see if that happens in this tournament. Uh, as far as Yedlin and Fabian Johnson are concerned as fullbacks, I think there's a lot of potential there, too. I mean, Fabian Johnson may be the U.S.'s best player, or at least one of the best players. The question whether he should be a left back. But I'm, I'm actually kind of okay with him there as long as they can get forward but still remember their defensive duties. You don't want to have a situation where Fabian Johnson and Yedlin are both marauding forward, leaving the back to be exposed. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's funny when you're talking about Cameron. I remember when you interviewed him uh, a little while back for for this podcast, you asked him, you know, how he felt about, um, you know, his, his status as a center back with the U S is that, you know, where he thought he was going to play for sure. Uh, and he essentially gave you the shrug emoji back. He was just like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, so it, it does seem that, that, uh, that, that has been ironed out. Um, let's, let's look at the Columbia game now. Cause this, this matters, right? I mean, you get off to a, a good start. You win this game if you're the U S and you feel fantastic going forward, you lose it. You are in some serious peril and you get a draw. You're probably doing okay. Um, Grant just, you know, does, does this Columbia team that is missing a lot of, of good players and Hamas Rodriguez isn't in, you know, the best form wasn't really playing a whole lot at Real Madrid, even though they won the champions league. Uh, is this the Columbia team that, that can be world beaters that the U S is about to go up against? I mean, they got a lot of great players. Uh, you know, on paper, this Columbia team should win the group, but there's questions about this team. I think uh, they've been mediocre in World Cup qualifying. They haven't reached the heights they had, um, you know, back in 2014 at the World Cup. This was a team that lost to Venezuela at the Copa America last year, and and you quite eloquently described how bad Venezuela is at this point. Thank you. Earlier, uh, <laughs> so. I think there's a real mercurial nature to this Columbia team. And, you know, I don't know exactly what we're going to see here on Friday night. Uh, I do know that the U.S. certainly thinks they can take advantage of uh, over-aggressiveness, they think, in what Columbia brings to the table. Brian, what uh, what are you looking for, um, you know, in, in this game? You know, what, what are you seeing? Um, Columbia... Uh, may not be in the same form they were in 2014, but they're still really talented and really fast. 
they move on and off the ball very, very, very quickly. And those are the kinds of teams that have given the U.S. trouble in the past. Think back to that, you know, them getting blasted by Brazil in a friendly last year. Think back, at, you know, I, I covered this game for SI in London, the Columbia-U.S. friendly uh, at Craven Cottage, uh, where the U.S. Uh, lost 2-1 to one, but was really played off the field. The, the, the interesting thing about those types of teams and that game in particular is the, the U.S.'s best player on the field that day was Kyle Beckerman. Kyle Beckerman was the only guy who seemed to be able to 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 at least be able to stay with uh, the Columbia, the way the Colombians combined and moved off the ball. He read the game very well. He was in position to break up some plays. He's a very, very good defensive midfielder. And while a lot of people want to see Michael Bradley play at that number six and then have some, you know, and then Jermaine go box to box and maybe someone, you know, Nagby, Bedoya, whatever your preference is sort of alongside them. Um, it's going to be real interesting to me. Uh, to see whether or not Klinsman says, you know what, for this game against this type of opponent, we need to go back to being really compact and really defensive, and Kyle Beckerman needs to play. Um, and it would make sense considering how Kyle did against Columbia in the past and what kind of team Columbia is. So we're going to learn a lot about Klinsman's intentions and what this game's going to look like when we get the lineup about an hour before kickoff. Yeah, that's a really good point, Brian. Uh, and and I'm definitely interested to see uh, what Klinsman will do. He definitely experimented with that uh, three defensive-minded midfield uh, of of Bradley Jones and Beckerman against Ecuador, and and maybe that was uh, with the Colombia game in mind. Um, so lots of exciting things on the horizon for the U.S. and in this tournament in general. Uh, it's finally here. Um, before tournament starts, though, we have Jermaine Jones for you, Grant. You and Jermaine Jones one on one after this break. Hey guys, uh, in case you can't already tell from the subjects of this podcast, this is going to be one hell of a summer of soccer. you got the Copa America Centenario, which we're talking about now, but then you also have the Euro 2016 tournament in France happening at around the same time. They overlap for a bit there. And oh yeah, don't forget about Olympic soccer in Rio on both men's and women's side. Planet Football has a full schedule of coverage planned. We'll be doing a ton more podcasts than normal, so we recommend you subscribe now so you don't miss a minute. So just in case you're listening as an embed in one of our many, many, many awesome Planet Football stories, you should probably subscribe so you can get this stuff delivered straight to your phone. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or your podcast app of choice. And you can always visit si.com soccer for all our podcast, video, and written coverage. For the summer of soccer 2016, SI's Planet Football has you covered every which way. We're here today for the Sports Illustrated podcast with a special guest. He's with the U.S. men's national team, so they get set to take on Columbia Friday night in the first game of the Copa America Centenario. He is Jermaine Jones. Jermaine, thanks for joining me. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, So lots to talk about here. Everything's pointing toward this Columbia game and the start of the tournament. How would you describe the feeling you have inside of you right now before the start of a big tournament? like this one? I would say joy. It's um, looking forward. It's good team, especially like with Colombia, the first game that we start. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a huge team with, um, with a lot of experience and, and big time players. So, and, but it's, I think this is why I play soccer and why I always want to face the best ones and um, play against the best ones. And um, I'm looking forward and um, yeah, I try to enjoy every game. So in your opinion, what would success be for the U.S. in this tournament? Um, 
of course we, we, we have that first step is to come out of that group and then go game for game and um, uh, knockout round you know that everything can happen but um, the main focus would be out the, yeah, to come out of the group. Okay. Aside from the 2007 Copa America, the U.S. hasn't had a chance to play against a South American team in a major tournament for a long time. The last time the U.S. played a South American team in the World Cup was 1994. When you play against a South American team, what's different compared to playing against a European team? Um, I would say them, they have that little bit of, uh, I would not say like, they not play fair, but um, they play strong and they play physical, yeah. and um, and they're not. They let you know that they're there. They have like always like players in like we can say Colombia, with um, Rodriguez, James Rodriguez. He's an amazing player, but then you you have other guys on the field too. They play good, but still they will always have the last step on your feet and push you a little bit more and play physical. And um, I think all the South American teams they really play, but they know so so much behind the country, Sam. The, most of the countries like they love soccer and their soccer is the main sport and um, all these countries they know that they have to go 100% and they do everything to win. You seem to be playing a more advanced role lately with Michael Bradley moving back more to a number six role. How did that change happen? Um, I think Jürgen did the, the, the decision. He was sitting down with his uh, with his stuff and um, talked about it and especially I think uh, after he saw me play now in, in, in Colorado a higher position and have access to it with that position that, um, and he knows that um, I prefer to attack more and blow, play forward and, and uh, prefer to have somebody behind me who protects me and so Mikey plays that role in Toronto and he, he likes that role and um, so it plays in all cards. So it's interesting to me Klinsman willing to make some changes. I I've heard also that he maybe has eased up a little on the training sessions this year, you know, starting even back in January. Mm -hmm. Are there fewer training sessions than there used to be? Um, yeah, it's like, of course, he's a, he, he knows when he have to pull a little bit back, um, especially when it comes to, to games, when, when we come close to the games. But there's still some, 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 some training sessions there, like tough, and you, you, yeah, you feel them. So, but... Um, of course, he he pulled a little bit back in in the way then to to come to a, to to yeah two games. Okay, interesting. Um, you were suspended in March for the two World Cup qualifiers against Guatemala. That must have been tough. What were you thinking about as you watched those games? Um, yeah, we I watched the game and I think the, the game, especially in Guatemala, you can see too that um, we we were not ready for for that battle. So when the Guatemala team stepped on our feet, that pushed us, and then in 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 so you lose games. And um, but then in the second game in Columbus, you can see that when when we're ready to go into battle, and then the teams have normally no chances. And um, and this is why we go in, yeah. I think how much was it four zero? Yeah, something like that. And um, that we get like a, yeah a clear win. Okay, interesting. Um, you're known in part for your your engine, yeah. The fact that you can just run and run and run. Do you still have that at your age now? Um, you know, for me, it's the, the 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 main key is like age is always a number. But I'm I'm not looking for age. I look always for quality, and you have quality or you don't have it. And um, if 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 I look back in my history, what I did in in soccer, it's um, it's a uh, yeah. In my, I'm I'm really happy with it. I played 
most of my career in Europe, played at highest level. And um, you can see it right now, what is the difference with uh, Pulisic. He, he learned soccer and he played soccer now really in, in, in Europe and he's 17. Um, I don't really see a 17-year-old kid played in MLS and um, there's a start at 23 or 24. And so for me, I'm 34, but it's a number and I'm, I'm still ready to go. And, um, and I proved wrong, people a lot, a lot wrong already with Colorado mm -hmm. and, um, and, and I'm still not finished. Okay. A um, couple questions about your family. I follow you on Instagram. I follow your wife, Sarah, on Instagram. I know she's vegan. Yeah. Are you as well? Yeah, I started to be, I was a vegetarian, mm -hmm. but then um, I started to be vegan since uh, off-season, and um, sometimes it's, it's tough, but um, especially, okay, here we have a cook with us, so it's easier at home. I have, when I'm home with the wife, I have my wife, she, he, she can cook everything. Mm -hmm. When I'm alone, it's a little bit tougher, yeah. but um, I find some spots in Colorado to, um, where I get my food, and um, but I have to say, I still, since I do it, I feel healthier. I feel better, and um, in the perspective, it's good. Here you have a long break, so in in to hold your weight, it's way easier than mm -hmm. than if you eat still meat and have the barbecues and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, another thing that she had written on on her Instagram a while back in February yeah. was that your whole family got baptized. Yeah. What's the story behind that? Um, my father-in-law and my dad is—they're um, both really religious, and um, and we, we we talked about it with the family a long time ago. And um, but then in in February we were sitting and um, yeah we started to go to church and started to read the Bible and get more into it and, and to to finish the whole chapter we said okay we want to get uh, baptized with the family so yeah we did it then and um, since then we we good and. Um, and, and I have to say I love it, yeah. Was it a powerful moment for you? Yeah, it was. Like um, the day when, when we did it, um, the whole family, we stepped in. And um, after my kids started and then my wife and then me, I was the last one. And um, the whole church is um, there and the people see you on the screen. And um, it's, 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 it's an unbelievable feeling. So and, um, and, um, I'm always looking forward. I have like the numbers from that day where we whole family did it. I have it tatted, and um, huh. and um, so it's um, it's yeah, it was an amazing day. Cool. Um, I visited your house once in LA. Uh, your wife showed me around. I wrote about it. Um, in one room, you have stars and stripes window drapes. I recall, if, okay. I, if I recall correctly. Um, okay. And, and I was just curious because you lived in Germany most of your life, and. I wanted to know what does moving your family to this country and living here and, and representing the United States mean to you? It means for me a lot. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know really that I tried in a young age already to play for the United States. Huh. But, so um, I was, the window was closed while I played a U team. I played the World Cups for U20, so the window was really closed to change in that time before they changed the rule. Mm -hmm. But um, I was always looking for that other part of my of my life um my dad wasn't there so uh, i missed that part but um i was looking for that how i can get closer to america to that part what i miss and um i, tr I tried a couple times but there was no chance and then my agent told me like jermaine be concentrated on germany if you have a chance and you could play you will make it so mm -hmm. um i made it to that squad and then 
um, 2010, they changed the rule. And I, I decided straight away when I heard it, my agent called me, I said, hey, if I have the chance, I want to I wanna play for America. I want to be an American player. I'm, I still half American. And, and, and so we did it. And I was the first guy who, who changed country. And um, since that day, I'm really, uh, I'm proud. And sometimes I know it's tough. Some people maybe see me still like the, the German guy. And we don't have that, um, I would say that um, we don't get that respect like maybe like other guys. But um, but it's hard work. Yeah, you have to work it, and um, and I'm I'm okay with that. Lastly, you had a very good World Cup in 2014. Uh, it really put you and, and the team out there to the American public. Is it possible to recreate some of that in this Copa America coming up? Yeah, it's uh, now after 1994 World Cup here in the States. This is the next big tournament. What do you play here in the United States? So. Of course, uh, it's 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 on us, on the players, to to yeah bring the soccer back up. And um, it's it's not really MLS; it's, it's United States of America, and it's uh, it's the soccer America soccer national team who can make the next step in soccer in in United States. So this is everything what we do. We showed it in 2014. After that, 2014 was like a big wave in in soccer in United States. Where, what we did it, and so. I think, of course, when we have access here and we we bring that euphoria or how you say euphoria, like emotion mm -hmm. over to the people, that um, you can push a lot of people to yeah get like soccer fans and all that kind of stuff. Jermaine Jones, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Say what you want about Jermaine Jones. That man is is entertaining uh, and definitely, uh, you know, for better or for worse, a very key part of this U.S. men's national team. And uh, we'll see what role he ends up playing in Copa America, what uh, what impact he has on, on the U.S. If you remember against the Portugal in the World Cup, scored that amazing goal. Uh, definitely thank him for his time and thank Brian and Grant and Alex as well. Uh, we are very excited about this tournament coming up. We have a lot of fantastic preview content on Planet Football. Definitely implore you to check those out. Uh, and we will throughout this competition. Definitely check us out on Facebook as well, like Sports Illustrated Planet Football. Uh, we'll be doing Facebook live videos live from some of these U.S. games. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that. And with that said, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, once again, for Grant Wall, Brian Strauss, our producer Alex Abnos, and Jermaine Jones, I am Avi Creditor. We will talk to you next time on the Planet Football Podcast. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network? Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.